Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? We're back on the Fabric Podcast with Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing, and Tom Foster, Director of Sales. They join us today to discuss returning to work. During this pandemic, we've had the privilege of helping many companies keep their employees safe as they remain open. Now that more businesses are returning to work, we discuss what we've learned, how we're helping, and why technology is only one piece of the puzzle to returning to work safely. We don't want you to forget how humans should be involved. We share some best practices for returning to work safely and encourage you to make a plan with realistic expectations for getting back to work. Enjoy the episode. Well, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast. Tom, welcome. We just had you here recently. How are you doing? Doing very well. Very well. How about yourself? I'm good. Thanks. Welcome back. And Michael, it's been a while since we've seen you. So how are you? Doing great and good to be back. I, I'm, I actually had this stinking disease or virus or whatever. So I am recovering, but that's the beauty of how we're working right now. I don't have to be around anybody. So yeah, well, we, we appreciate that and we hope you're feeling better. Um, so though we don't have to be around people today, we are talking about returning to work and you both obviously talk to a lot of our customers and you kind of have a finger on the pulse of what's going on with people returning. So where are our customers at with returning physically to the workplace? We know many are essential businesses. They didn't really ever close, but do you have a sense of how many are are coming back or are getting close? I don't know that I have a specific, what's the word, percentage. Uh, Maybe Tom has a better idea, but I do think people are looking towards the future. And it's it's a little bit difficult right now. The lines are a little bit grayed because cases are spiking as we record this, yet we're getting really good news about vaccines. And so people are getting excited, excited about that. And we're in this weird kind of limbo of, of people are saying, we still want to implement a system like this. We still see value in it, even more so now. Uh, we're just not quite sure when we're going to go all in on going back to the office, I think is something that we're, we're hearing quite a lot. Yeah. To echo what Michael's saying, uh, 100%, they're not going back fully right now. <laughs> That's the one thing I can tell you as far as a percentage. But I mean, we're working with companies of all sizes. Some people have two people and they are at 50% capacity. So only one person can be there at a time. Some states are at 25% capacity for the business. Some companies I've talked to have 28,000 employees and they can have 100 people in there. So are they coming back to work? Yes. Are they doing it carefully? From what I've seen, 100% of the people are taking some precautions because what they don't want to do is have us have to close everything down again. Whether it's the businesses that stayed open, we learned a ton from them staying open. They learned a ton. I think it was Kind of like we all put our arms around each other virtually and said, hey, how can we get through this thing together and come up with a program that's safe for the people who have to be there, meaning the employees? How do I keep my employees safe during this time? I mean, then the other folks that are visiting me, me, if, you know, knock on wood, if something happens, how do I trace them? How do I, what do I do? And they were really looking for people to give them the, the ideas and work with them on how to do that. Right. And we'll, we'll get into the learning and how we're helping, but I'm curious. I had this theory when this all happened that, you know, we're going to see how well we work remotely and people are going to want to stay home. It's going to save us time. It's going to save us money. But I think we're getting a different sense that people don't necessarily want to fully stay remote. What are you guys seeing? 
I don't know about you, Sarah, but it's it. There's a little bit of fatigue, right? F- Zoom, yeah. f- uh, online meeting fatigue, staring at your computer fatigue, not being able to uh, have coffee with your coworkers fatigue. Like people are fatigued by staying at home, and not just in work life, but in everyday life. And I think I don't want to make a political statement here, but I think that's a big reason why you're seeing cases spike so much is people are just sick of it. And we're seeing that in the same th- in the same way with going back to work. There was this big push early on, like, this is the future of work. We've proven we can do it this way. Companies don't need these big offices and, and don't need to have all these people crammed into office space. And we're kind of seeing, yeah, but we also kind of like that. Um, what, we, what we're talking about, I was just talking about this with Quinn, our, our enterprise account executive last week. We think there's an opening for a, a hybrid that it's not going to be all remote and it's not going to be all in the office, but there's going to be more flexibility in, in how you choose to work. Maybe working in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is a really good idea. And hey, you can flex out your time on Monday or Friday if you want to. Or you know, you don't have to take the entire day off if you have a doctor's appointment in, at one o'clock in the afternoon. You can work from home that day, go to your appointment, finish out the day and work the rest of the day from home. It's, it's showing us more that we've got some, flu- some freedom and some flexibility in, in how and where we work. I really, really doubt that the, the majority of businesses are going to swing so wildly far to the other side of remote work as we maybe initially thought, or even some of us wanted, perhaps. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty far into this that I think we have some different ideas than, than when we first started. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I remember driving down the highway here in Denver and looking at all these empty, huge office buildings going, man, things are going to change. But I echo exactly what Michael says, because there's one thing that you can't get from a virtual meeting, and that's the, hey, you, hey, what's going on with you? That instantaneous feedback. Now we're in a world where everything's scheduled and it's it's almost like, you know, uh, my wife has to do some dog training earlier today and she's like, what time? And I had to pull my schedule. I'm like, wait a second. Is this the world we're living in now? So I, I echo his sentiments 100% is that I think there's going to be a hybrid, especially when a person comes on up front when they're new, getting that time and getting that personal time with them is super important. But as they learn their role and as they learn their job, there will be a little bit more flexibility. You may see office sizes be maybe a little bit smaller because of that. But yeah, that human interaction, you're never really going to, you're never going to replace that. You know. I, I don't think ever. (laughs) That will never happen. Right. I think it felt nice in the beginning. Like, okay, I don't have to go. I don't have to spend as much time maybe around all of these people. But yeah, we we miss each other and we want to get back to it. So I, I hope you're right that we do see that sort of shift and we get to be a little bit more flexible. So let's get into kind of what we've been doing that's actually helping. Let's just touch base quickly on our actual software, the receptionist. How is it helping with returning to work? Well, there's a ton of ways that we've been doing use cases with people. Uh, number one, it went from visitor management. I think the name is going to change because it's not visitors we're tracking right now. I mean, let's face it. How many people are going in to places? Not a lot. So it's just about tracking and understanding who actually is in your building, which has been our messaging pretty much all the time, is that it's not just about the visitors. It's how do we keep our employees safe? And I think the byproduct of this happening is individuals are learning that, hey, I need to care as much about my employees and understand what their needs and what their habits are and how I can effectively make them feel safe, not just the visitors that are coming into my business, but 
but we could spend the rest of this podcast talking about use cases. They're all over the board from doctor's offices to logistics company. I mean, it's, it's all over the place um, as to what we're helping people with. So it has become more of a, I'll, I'll say talk them off the ledge. It's still an iPad. It's still a product that can do what humans, you know, they can also do it, but there, it can't do everything a human can do <laughs> in a nutshell. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I, I keep coming back to this idea that companies are, are, are finally coming around maybe a little bit more to this understanding that this was an area that they overlooked of keeping a record of who comes in and out of your building, uh, whether it be a contractor or a, another company sales rep trying to sell you something. I get, we hear the term contact tracing, of course every single day, all day, every day. Can this help me with contact tracing? And, and yes, absolutely. But you've got, to have, you've got to have the commitment to actually capturing that information and making it readily available first before you, you worry about how to manage the flow in and out of your building. Like You've got to have the systems in place to be able to, to have an accurate record of who's there. And it first and foremost, yes, goes back to what Tom just said, Visitors, um, or excuse me, employees. We've got to keep employees safe because these are the people that are there most often and for the longest periods of time. And are we appropriately managing expectations for people coming in the front door about how long they can be there? You know, how many of them can be there? That's a big question that we get quite a lot is can I, can I set some sort of a trigger to make sure that if there are too many people in my building, it doesn't let people in. And that's to Tom's point where we kind of say, okay, we can, put some, we can put some things in place, but you still have to have a human there. Like, yes, we can alert somebody that you're at capacity, but the message needs to be delivered from a human being. And this yeah. is the thing that we fight all the time, you know, with, with our advertising and with our marketing is, is getting across this idea that we're not trying to take somebody's job. Yeah. Does it happen? Unfortunately, yes, it does. And, and that's what works best for those businesses. But we always want to pair the stuff that our system does really well, capturing accurate data, notifying people that they have a guest, and, and ensuring that that data is readily accessible, among other things. And pairing that and giving that information to humans that it can actually do something with it in coordination with another human being. Yeah. That's if you have any kind of emotional or potential emotional response that's going to happen or negative response, it just, and I know we have uh, the receptionist for iPad. We deal with electronics every day, but you don't want an iPad telling somebody you can't come to work today. You need to have their supervisor or a human being deliver that news is, hey, look, sorry, but according to CDC, we're only allowed to have, you know, whatever percentage of people. We appreciate you coming in today. Can I buy you a coffee? Here's a quick gift card. I'll text you as soon as it's your time to come in. You know, or like in a case earlier today, they wanted the QR code to on the front door and they wanted everybody sitting there in their cars. And so they made a thing. They go back to your car and then they check them in. It sends them a text message. Come on in. It's, it's having that human to be able to say, hey, great. Here, here's what we need to do. I, I don't know. You can't see me even pushing my arms out a little bit like, hey, don't rely on a uh, piece of electronics to tell somebody they can't come to work today because then you run the risk of them ignoring that and that defeats the whole purpose of tracing, having a system in place to make sure you're keeping those individuals safe in the first place. So right. something that 
a lot of people when they first come to us say, I wanted to do all this. And we're like, well, hey, come on, let's come on back to reality with us. We want to make sure that you are, it's not just about today, it's about next year and the year after and the year after. How can these protocols really help um, into the future? Absolutely. I think you're really painting a picture of what our tool can do, but how it's a piece of the puzzle. And then that puzzle really should include humans at at some point. It can do a lot, but we don't necessarily want it to do everything. So you both have already touched on this, but what sorts of scenarios are we sort of walking people through as they start to return to work? And are there commonalities in the areas of concern? And how how are we helping? I think most importantly. I go first on this one, as far as common commonalities, number one is uh, the CDC questions, the COVID questions. How do we get these things? How do we store these? The other thing is, um, how do we get messages to supervisors or to individuals saying, hey, look, we're at this capacity or, hey, you have not answered this question correctly and you need some additional screening Go over here. And through some of the integrations that we have with Zapier, we're able to do that. One of the really unique use cases that just came up was our iPads can talk. A lot of people, even our current customers probably don't know this, is that we have the ability to create custom speaking messages when a person checks in. Um, So Scott, our iOS engineer, I was chatting with him the other day and contactlessly, you know, there may not be somebody in the front. So when you walk in and contactlessly with your phone and you just scan that thing, you can have the iPad say, hey, welcome to ABC Company. We'll be with you in just a minute as we come from the back. These little scenarios that maybe they haven't thought of that make their uh, front office a little bit more efficient, I I guess going back to our original messaging, but to make that more efficient and to make it feel more human, even when there is just an iPad sitting there until the human actually comes in. If if I'm backing out and and looking at uh, a broader view of it, we're looking at a lot of scenarios and situations where companies are all of a sudden much more willing to turn over the job of a human to technology. And it's weird being the technology company backing off folks a little bit and saying, well, can we think about all these scenarios and situations that that you have that perhaps we want to walk through a little bit more? Because at the end of the day, our system still does what it's always been intended to do. What's really interesting is people are now understanding. This just popped into my mind. I think people are understanding the peace of mind that technology can give people. And it's, it's weird to say that for a lot of people. They never believed that that technology could actually provide that, that thing that could put people's minds at ease. We look at temperature taking. It's it's been pretty much proven by science that temperature taking is a really bad indicator of somebody being positive for this disease or not. Uh, most people are asymptomatic and temperature, it, it's more loss of taste. And having just gone through this, I lost my taste. And that's not something that can be measured, right? Right. But people still want temperature taking. They still want those questions digitally recorded to give themselves and their visitors peace of mind that, hey, at least we asked you the question, like at least we care. And that's been a really interesting kind of shift in the dynamic as as we've gone through the months here is where we used to have to kind of fight the technology discussion about, um, I guess we'll never want to check in (laughs) on an iPad. They want a smiling face right there. Uh, Nobody wants somebody smiling face staring at them right now. 
Uh, <laughs> no, we only want to see from the bridge of your nose up. <laughs> Smile with your eyes. <laughs> That's been an interesting shift. I, wouldn't you agree, Tom? Like it's been yeah. an interesting shift that people are now looking to technology to comfort them where it used to be, gosh, technology feels so cold. And I think we're somewhere in the gray middle, right? <laughs> but just we're, we're experiencing the wild pendulum swings. Yeah. Yeah. The, the employee check-in and, and that's where the trend has been. They're starting with employees. Like that's number one. And then getting, like he's saying the human, the human part of it is taking a picture of that employee with their mask on. Like it sounds silly, but that's just one more step. Now, can they take it off after the picture? Uh, of course they can. They're human beings, but it's one more step. And it's, it's seeing, I don't know, businesses that have never thought about this product before. And now they're like, I can't live without it. I didn't know that we did. It's opened up the world of possibilities to people looking at the front of entering a building differently than they used to. It's completely flipped people's heads is that there's a process. We, one customer comes to mind that has literally step one, step two, step three, temp, sign in with our pad, use the hand sanitizer. You know, and it's less than a minute to check in, but all those people feel safe, they feel secure. And in the event that something does happen, all those records are, it's, it's at your fingertips. So it, it is. And I, I like how you put that, Michael. That's, a, I'm glad that popped in your head. That's a good one because it is true. We used to fight that. And now it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a part of me. Like, you know, I'm sure people fought watches when they first went on your wrist. They're like, you don't even know what time it is every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All these things we fought back against that just become such a normal part of our lives yeah. and we really rely on them. So you already started to touch on this, but I want to get into this more. With all of uh, our customers that we're talking to, can you share some of the best practices that you see companies following in terms of health and safety and some of these pieces that we're encouraging people consistently to put in place? I, from my perspective uh, and what I see and what I hear on our live demos all the time, and certainly this is, this is what we, we recommend as well you're going to temperature take. If you're going to take somebody's temperature, and, and most people are, do that first and have that be the first prerequisite to then go and be able to check in. Whether it's somebody sitting there with a, a you know radar detector looking temperature, <laughs> temperature <laughs> device, or whether it's one of those machines you just kind of walk in front of and it says normal temperature, like have that be the first step in the process and, and the qualifier to then walk up to the iPad and be able to check in. And then if, if with, with our new release, or it's not really new anymore, but with the release of our contactless functionality, again, put people's minds at ease that they're not touching a machine that a bunch of other people have, have touched. They can if they want to by you know, using the, the screen still, but have the contactless functionality there and ready to go so people who are most comfortable doing it that way can just pull it up on their mobile device and check in that way. And then finally, Sanit sanitization methods, whether that's providing masks, providing gloves, uh, of course, providing hand sanitizer, making that the final step before they enter your building. I really like the the step that or the three steps that Tom just outlined, and that's what we're seeing most often. I can think of U.S. Truck Driver Training School that we just did a featured business piece on our website. There are there are schools in kind of a business model world. And that's exactly the setup. You walk through the temperature scanning device. It tells you you can proceed. And then there's the uh, check-in kiosk with our system. And then there's all the sanitization and 
PPE equipment waiting there for you before you enter the building. And in the meantime, while you're rubbing your hands and sanitizing, the systems let the person know that you're there to see, and they're already walking up to the front desk to get you. So it's reducing the amount of contact that you have with other people in that front area as well. That's a really long way of saying what you just said, Tom, like 10 minutes earlier when I started <laughs> about five minutes or less. <laughs> no, it's, I, I think, Sarah, it's, it's a system. Yeah. It, it's, there's no one answer. If there was, then it would be that way. There's no one answer. Visitor management or management of the people walking in your facility is one part. And I think as we continue to work with companies and tell them, what are the best practices? What are some of the things you do? We say to them, you need to have a multifaceted approach to this. I think Michael and I did a podcast when this first came out earlier talking about you have to have a multifaceted approach to safety. And that just doesn't apply to COVID. That applies to everything. Every physical security officer that's listening to this, everybody who deals with that physical security, they understand that there's a multifaceted. You don't just like have one gate. And you're like, okay, come on into this classified place. You have to have multiple checks in order to be able to do that. But making this a part of that check-in just keeps all those digital records and it makes it like so much easier for people to do. So, yeah. So as we wrap up today, we obviously spend a lot of time talking to our customers and learning from them. Anything you want to share with our listeners today about what we've learned from our customers and our clients? I'll, I'll say the big thing that I think I've heard is you know, the, there's the whole front end of the system that the visitor interacts with or the person coming in the front door, whether it's a delivery driver or contractor, there's that whole element of the system where we've heard a lot of people rave about the system is the data and contract tracing ability made infinitely easier by knowing exactly when somebody entered your building, whether they were an employee or somebody dropping off a package and when they left. And that has allowed businesses to stay open because they were able to quarantine, like somebody tested positive and they were able to quarantine off all of the people who were in the building that day or who they came in contact with. They were able to that much more quickly understand the measures that they needed to take simply by having a system in place like this that they knew the data would be reliable because it was the same for everybody. Everybody coming in the front door, whether they were an employee or a visitor or you know, a DoorDash you know, delivery, they had an accurate record of that person and who else was in that building. And that's the most heartwarming thing to me is, is not that you know, they used our system, but they were able to stay open as a business. And for us as a, a small business uh, of 17 people right now, that is that is how we get through this. That is how we get through this economically. That's how we get through this socially is by keeping people in business, keeping people healthy, keeping people safe and doing it with real information. Uh, that's been the thing that I've taken the most heart from as we hear our customers tell it, report back to us. Yeah. It's, this is one of the most heartwarming things is the first story I heard about a guy who had two people test positive at his location was able to go to the visitor log, quarantine, I think it was 10 other people and keep the factory open. Like, we don't want anybody to come down with COVID. You just don't want it to happen. But if it does, you have the usable data that's right there at your fingertips. And I would say any other parting thoughts would be make a plan. Don't like talk to people that have been there, talk to people that have done it, create a plan and not just 
create a plan and, and just execute, create a plan and then have other people poke some holes in it and see where there's some, some areas for improvement or what are we not thinking of? Have we not thought, oh, wait, we do need to have a human to tell somebody to leave because if we don't, they may leave. I mean, they may come in anyway, I should say. Though the, having a plan and writing it down and, and really working through it and having realistic expectations, I think would be the other thing is that we all want to just open the doors and be like, yay, let's all come back to work tomorrow. No, <laughs> let's take our time. I, I tell the sales team all the time, I say, let's meet people where they're at. Let's meet them where they are. Let's work with what they have. And I think for some of the customers right now, they feel like I have to have a product like this. But when they really get into it, then they understand, hey, look, there's something more behind here that we can do. This is something that's going to become like, and I've used the, vo the, the uh, example of voicemail in the past where nobody wanted it before. Now we all have it. This is kind of that same thing is that when you get ready to return to work, do it slow, do it steady, do it safe. And from an employer standpoint, if your individuals don't feel comfortable coming back, don't force them. That's, you're just asking for a whole other ball game. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could cover that another time, but I think <laughs> both of you have shared so much great information in terms of what we've learned and how we're helping. And I think we all do really look forward to when we can return to work and see each other again. So Tom, thank you so much. Glad to have you again. Thank you. And Michael, good to see you again. Thanks, Sarah. We hope you've learned more about how technology can assist with keeping your employees and other visitors safe. If you'd like to learn more, give us a try with a two-week free trial, no credit card required, at thereceptionist.com.